Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Welcome to NBA Today, presented by Credit Karma. Ahead on NBA Today, the homecoming king goes crazy in Cleveland. The poster on K-Love that you've got to see again. And the headlock for good measure. And another superstar went off too. What KD did to the Jazz, an updated look at the Eastern Conference playoff picture as well. Plus, we welcome Cade Cunningham to NBA Today, the number one overall pick on whether he deserves Rookie of the Year. What's up? This is Cade Cunningham. NBA Today starts now. And welcome to NBA Today, presented by Credit Karma. I'm Cassidy Helper, filling in for Malika Andrews, joined by NBA hey. champion Matt Barnes and our senior writer, Ramona Shelburne. J.J. Redick will join us in just a bit. But we start, guys, in the land where we had a homecoming for the king. And Matt, he did it up back in Cleveland and back against his former teammate. I can't believe they still remember this handshake. I mean, they're brothers for life. So <laughs> even though they wear separate uniforms now, they're always going to be brothers. Um, Yeah, but we had some brother-on-brother -brother crime yeah. because, look, LeBron put him on a poster. That's just brotherly love. That's not brother-on-brother crime. It's just, I, I still love you, K-Love, and you should have known better. You should have known just to get out the way. I think Bron said he, that in his post game. Yeah, and Kevin Love sold it with the, with the sitting down. Here's what LeBron had to say about dunking on his friend. Uh-huh, <laughs> held nothing back <laughs> when I turned that corner and Ooh. I looked up I was like no please Kev just move to be completely honest I, I, I hate it had to be him he's my guy that's my brother and um, I hope I'm still invited to the wedding <laughs> and Kevin Ludd said, hell no, when it comes to being invited to the wedding. Um, you know, look, he would also put LeBron in a headlock there. <laughs> I was a little concerned about this. I, I know. know. Yeah, I was I, at 37. That's an I, easy way to get a little Exactly. But look, LeBron, he wasn't done tormenting Love and the Cavs. He, do you like this crazy celebration yeah, he pulled out? I think that was a Drake. That was shout out to Drake right there. <laughs> Another fate. LeBron, 38 points, 12 assists, 11 rebounds. LeBron saying he's having the time of his life. Lakers win 131-1. 120. Mm. I know um, the, you know, that my game's playing here is very limited, you know, in, in my career. So, you know, ho hopefully I'm, I'm healthy enough to, to put on a uniform and go out and play and play at an effective level um, and play in front of these fans because they've given me so much for 11 years uh, when I was here uh, for my first stint and for my second stint. So, um, and also, you know, to be able to just to be in front of my family and friends, for them to drive up 40 minutes, you know, from my hometown of Akron, uh, it, it means a lot to me. I'm literally having the time of my life right now. The game is such a beautiful thing and as long as I'm healthy enough to put on a uniform, I'm going to play with a lot of passion, a lot of energy, give my, my teammates what they deserve, uh, what they need. You know, we can leave everything out on the floor. Control what you can control and what you can't, you don't worry about. And LeBron has been on a tear this month, averaging nearly 34 points on 54% shooting and 37% from three. He now leads the league in scoring at 30 points per game, just ahead of Joel Embiid and Giannis Antetokounmpo. 
So 37 years old and, you know, leading the league in scoring. Mm. As I just mentioned, look, Matt, let's start with you. What is one word that you feel best describes this stretch by LeBron? Longevity. Longevity. I think the fact that he's been able to come in the league and be in his prime since day one. He's 37 years old, and we're showing now that he's leading the league and scoring at 37 years old. It's always special when he goes back to Cleveland. That's always going to be personal, not in, not in a bad way. He just always wants to remind those fans that I am the king and this is my city. Dang, you just you just made up a word. On the fly right there. He's going to take that hashtag yeah, on his so social. I like that. Of, just give me a little bit of bread. That's it. You can't change. You can't. You, no, you can't. I can't, I'm supposed to be the writer. That was better than I could <laughs> But do. what do you got? Um, I, I'm just going to say transcendent. Yeah. I mean, Look, the, I've never seen anybody at this age have this kind of run. Kareem was pretty good into his into his 40s, right? Like, he was pretty good late 30s, early 40s. But Braun, at 30 points a game, would be the oldest scoring champion ever. Michael Jordan was 35. Braun is 37 and change. Mm -hmm. He's going to be 37 and a half. But, I mean, that is unbelievable to be doing this and and I'm excited for Wednesday now because it's Embiid and LeBron and every game they're trading back and forth yeah in terms of who puts up 30 35 Embiid had a had an off night the other night so he fell back LeBron kept going I mean this is this is going to be a fun scoring race as we go all the way down to the last day of the regular season I would be surprised to have like a David Robinson kind of game I know game. I mean I know I'm not a professional athlete but I am 37 my back hurts right. just watching I retired that. at 37 right. I was I had to really stretch to slap the glass at 37 <laughs> <laughs> head above the rim still so yeah. as he said he's having the time of his life right now um, I think some Lakers fans would look at their place in the standings be like maybe have a little bit more fun uh, as we head into the playoffs yeah. but I digress it's fun watching him right now yeah. but we can't talk about the Lakers without talking about my favorite thing that happened in the NBA NBA last night and that was the post-game press conference um, and Russell Westbrook yeah. and no surprise it was about his couture fit <laughs> My sweater, my son gave me this for my birthday. He drew this for me, and he got it made for me as a little cashmere sweater. He must have got a lot of money. I don't know where he got it from, but he, this is me. This is him. This is the sunshine cloud. So he's an artistic young kid, so I want to make sure he see it and know I got it on. So. I mean, I like the little part. Yeah. He's like, you know, just cashmere, too. Yeah. You know, <laughs> that, that was a great present whoever got that from Westbrook's play. It's also been doing some talking lately. Over the last three games, Russ is averaging over 21 points, almost 10 assists and eight rebounds. He's also shooting guys 50% from three in that span and has three straight 20 point games tied for a second longest streak this season. And we now welcome in JJ Redick. And let's start with you. Have you noticed anything different from his play the past, past few games rather? I think he's letting the game come to him. He's been much more efficient. He's seen a big jump in his true shooting percentage, and his usage percentage is, is down. There's there's not as much four shots, and he's taking advantage of the open shots he's getting. Right now, teams are leaving him open, as we saw yesterday in the second half against Cleveland, and he's knocking down those shots. I know it's been a, a frustrating season for Russell, but I do think that shot uh, against Toronto could be a catalyst for him to get some momentum, uh, he's not a guy that's going to struggle with confidence, but Russ is at his best when he's playing free. And it seemed like, whether it was his post-game press conferences or his body language, um, there was something weighing on Russ over the last few weeks, and he's really picked it up these last three games. I think Russ is probably one of the most mentally tough players we've ever seen in this game. And it just goes to show that L.A. can 
get to anybody. You know what I mean? He oh, he tries his hardest to block it out, but it, it obviously has got to him. And I think JJ made a great point. He's, it seems like he's at peace right now. He's let all the BS go. Everything we're talking about, everything the world is talking about, he just let that go. And he just understands that let me just go out and do what I love to do, which is play basketball. And he's been playing great. You know, his last three games, he's at 21, 10, and 8, you know, 50% uh, from the field. So I just love because he's, it, this is no secret. It's been, a, it's been an ugly season for him. But he's been tearing down and talked so badly about that I think we really need to, you know, uplift him right now because it is. Although it's only three games, he's making a bunch of money, and he's supposed to be doing this. It's been a tough mental season for Russ, and I'm just happy to see him smiling and, and playing better basketball. So when Russ has been meeting with the coaching staff, the two things he's been asking them for and saying that this is what I need to be myself is he needs space to operate and he also needs the ball in his hands because he's a rhythm player and for a lot of this year he hasn't got that consistently or at least he felt he hasn't got that consistently and, and JJ to your point sometimes when he doesn't get the ball for six or seven touches a game then he finds in a row he'll get the ball and force a shot or force something just to be involved these last three games he's been more in that playmaker role and, and he doesn't necessarily need to shoot he just needs to feel involved because he's such a rhythm player and I think that trust that they have given him whether that's Braun letting him have the ball more or, or facilitate as a playmaker or the coaching staff putting the ball in his hands a bit more they got to a point five, about five six games ago where they either they just didn't have a choice it was so bad that they had to try something and this has kind of been a point of emphasis the last three games to let Russ be more in that playmaker role forget he leads the league in assists or you know, last couple of a couple, couple last couple of seasons, he's led the league in assists a few times. Obviously, this, that hasn't happened this year, but this is really important for him in these last three games. This, this is one of the challenges of pairing a ball dominant player yep. with LeBron James. LeBron is going to run the offense. He's yep. going to be the main facilitator. And ideally, if you're going to pair him with someone, it's someone that can knock down open shots mm -hmm. on the perimeter. And Russ has never been that in his career. So as much as we want to pile on Russ, as, as Matt alluded to, as much as we want to pile on Russ, sometimes the fit just doesn't work. Mm. And I think this, this whole entire season for the Lakers has been more about fit and lack of fit than it has been about Russ. But look, time's running out, so I don't know if the Lakers even still know what the right fit is, especially with Anthony Davis still out. But, you know, here we are in the home stretch. And let's got to get in. Just, just got to get in. And here's a look. Look at look at the race for the, the play in tournament in the West. The Lakers and Pelicans are battling for home, home court advantage and possible nine versus ten matchup. But the Spurs and Blazers are just on the outside looking in. Matt, you're saying yeah. they just got to get in. So what is their ceiling if they get in? Uh, who knows? You know, to be honest with you, they're a Jekyll and Hyde team. I mean, they can yeah. very easily get through the play-in and lose the 1-8, or they can very easily make their run to the finals. So anytime you have LeBron, and like he, he seems happy. He may be saying things that people are like, oh, I don't believe it, but he has things in perspective. So you have LeBron, you get an AD back hopefully at an 80, 85%. Russ is starting to turn the corner. The rest of the league could be in trouble, or we can see more of the same. Yeah, a happy LeBron, a happy Russ, and a healthy AD, as you said. Who knows? Everything looks better after a win. Exactly. <laughs> Let's go to come on NBA Today. Embiid and Harden sat last Ooh. night. And even though Philly got the win, why some are saying Philly should be ashamed. Plus, the Knicks' biggest rival makes his MSG return tonight. What can we expect from Trey Young at the Mecca? And the rookie phenom himself, Cade Cunningham, joins NBA Today in just a bit. Does he think he should win Rookie of the Year? Stay tuned to find out. Black on black, still talk, but can't wait to slam them out. Can't slap every car, get up and gotta have two of
Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. NBA Today is presented by Credit Karma. Get the money app where your hard work pays off and create your own karma. Welcome back to NBA Today presented by Credit Karma. What do you guys say? We go coast to coast. Do it. And let's start with the Celtics, who are not just lucky. They are good. They beat the Thunder by nine to improve to 11 and two since the All-Star break. The best mark in the NBA. Matt, is there a team you want to play less than the Celtics right now? Absolutely not. Uh, uh, Tatum and Brown are hitting on all cylinders, and this is the number one defense in the league, and that's how they got back on track. So I wouldn't want to see these guys. Let's head to the Midwest and go to Chicago. Um, because the Chicago Bulls, they beat the Raptors by double digits behind 26-point performances from both DeMar DeRozan and Zach Levine. Chicago is currently the fifth seed in the East. JJ, do you believe in the Bulls? I believe in the Bulls being a second-tier Eastern Conference team. I've <laughs> said that for the last couple months. A fantastic story. DeMar's having a great season, but they're in the second tier of contenders. Well, how about Philly? The top two seeds in the East matched up as the Sixers beat the number one seeded Heat without Joel Embiid and James Harden. Tyrese Maxey stepped up with 28 points on 60% shooting in the win. Matt, was this more about Miami or Philly? This was more about Philly to me because they gave up so much to get James Harden. We wanted to know what else they have. And they sat their two stars last night. We're going to get into that later. Tyrese Maxey's a star, by the way. Oh, he absolutely yeah. is. But look, they, they somehow got that win that somehow is Tyrese Maxey without their big stars, as you just saw. Our Tim Legler said earlier today that he hated that Come Embiid on, and Harden Tim. rested and that it shows a total lack of respect to the league and fans. Explain your reaction right now, Matt. I just don't think I think this was more strategic. I think that if they would have lost to Miami guns blaze with all their players, there just would have been more distraction media. Are they really this kind of team going into the playoffs? I think they rested their guys strategically. And they had ended up winning. So to me, I, I think Tim had a little bit of an overreaction, but I understand what Doc was doing because if they would have lost, it would have been more of a, are they really this kind of team? I think it's important to note that teams across the NBA and Philly in particular have invested a lot of money in building out a performance staff to monitor players' health throughout the season. And at times, guys are running hot. And look, Joel hasn't sat out but one game yes. since he came back from COVID. So I think as much as we totally. say this is a strategic thing, sometimes guys just need rest. And when you look at the big picture, the big picture is the Philadelphia 76ers want to be playing in June. It was time for Joe and, and James to get a rest. But this wasn't just rest. Joel legitimately has a back injury for the past four or five games. And as JJ said, he's only sat out once since he came back from COVID. He's made a point of playing on back-to-backs. And, and there was a he really probably shouldn't have played in that Toronto game. You can see the way he was moving in that game was not great. James has that hamstring injury that he's been sort of strategically taking nights and rest. So if Joel wasn't going to play, it made more sense for James not to play. 
Um, you can argue whether they should have sat the front end of the back-to-back -back or the back end or, or the second part of it, or maybe they should stagger it. But uh, it, it, I understand Tim's point about strategically resting, but this wasn't just rest. These are two guys who are managing injuries. Okay, I, I hear all that. But Matt, like, you don't think there's any importance to having these two teammates who have only played half a season together play as many games as possible together before the playoffs begin? I mean, I think it is, but I mean, I feel like moving forward, they're going to play more games, obviously, and then they're going to sit. And whether it was Joel needed rest or my take that if they would have lost, it would have been a bigger deal in the media. The fact is that they won and they know that they have a couple weeks to get ready for the playoffs. So we're going to have to see what this duo and this team can do. JJ? Yeah, people across the league were not talking about any potential chemistry issues after those first three games together that they had. These two guys are, are basketball geniuses. Yeah. It doesn't take much time for, they, for them to figure out the ebb and flow of playing together. And they both, you know, and they've both said this publicly, they both are after one thing at this point in their careers, and that's an NBA championship. So as long as that sort of goal is aligned with their skill set, they don't need the time. It, it's not even Joel and, and James Harden that need to play together. It's the rest of the team that needs to figure out how to play with, with them. them. Because the issue, yeah. I mean, Tobias Harris was averaging 18 and a half points, and now he's down to 13 since the trade. He needs to figure out how to play with them because his new role is to be a shooter and play defense. Tobias has historically been a guy who needs the ball in his hand, so that's a change for him. Uh, their perimeter defense has gone from not great to worse <laughs> in this, and, and their bench was, was fourth worst in the league, and now it's the worst in the league since the trade. So these are the issues that the Sixers had before the trade and after the trade. They've gotten even worse. That's why they need to play together. It's not Joel and James that need to, to get on the court I, together. I do, I do think, though, last night was important for Philly in the yep. sense that it gave their bench an opportunity to just go play. And oftentimes, and I've done it, Matt's done it, mm -hmm. when you're a role player and you're playing with star players, it's difficult to catch a rhythm at times. And so last night for a guy like Shake Milton to have the ball in his hands, yep. for Furcon to be running around off screens, that, those are important moments. They're important for confidence, and they're important for those guys to get in a rhythm. There's going to be playoff games where those guys have big moments, are in big moments, and have big moments. Also with Tyrese Maxey, I mean, he's mm. a guy who, he's been the third best player when, when James and, and Joel are out there together. And Tyrese, they're always encouraging him to shoot more. But he's, such, he's a young kid. He's got to decide he wants to do it. Well, he had no choice. They needed him last night. And so that was important for him to feel that again. Yeah, but to your point, it's also important for him to feel that while also being with mm -hmm. Joel and Harden. But as we'll see as they head through and towards the playoffs. So look right now they're they're looking up still at the heat, you know, even with the win last night. Uh, but it's a close race with the Sixers, Bucks and Celtics all just two and a half games behind them. Boston has the toughest schedule left among those teams while Miami has the easiest. It doesn't matter who the Celtics play right now. <laughs> yes, still at an NBA today. Will it be a garden? party yet again for Trey Young. We'll preview the Hawks visit to the Mecca. Plus, Cade Cunningham joins the show in a matter of minutes. He makes his case for Rookie of the Year and will be must hear, I'm telling you. And tomorrow, NBA Today will be live from Memphis and the FedEx Forum. Big Perk takes us to the dark side momentarily. NBA Today rolls on. Perk may not come home. No, he won't. <laughs> This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. 
Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. I definitely know the history of players coming in here being hated. I, I take that as a, as a compliment. I mean, obviously I'm doing something right if you, you hate me this much. Trey Young on the floater puts it in. I mean, it, it got real quiet at the end. And uh, for me, uh, I wanted to hear those FU chants again. Young fires from way downtown and takes him out. I know it's a bunch of shows around this city, and I know what, what they do when the show is over. He may be Ice Trey, but the hate seems to fuel his fire. And that was probably no more on display than last year's playoff series at the world's most famous arena. From the shush to the wave and finally the bow. Love him or hate him, Knicks fans can't seem to stop thinking about him. As much as Bing Bong has been heard through the streets of New York, so has Bleep Trey Young and maybe the true rallying cry. And as Dotun Akintoye shows us in this ESPN cover story, the nonstop show of this villainous hero is not by accident. In fact, it's decades in the making. How you doing all right? Doing good, man. How you all right, so good. All right, on, man. I'm gonna mic you up real quick for you. See, it look wonderful. It's cold. <laughs> I'm not cold at all. Ice Trey, another three for Trey Young. Ice cold delivers a three. 23-year-old Trey Young has ice in his veins. In just four NBA seasons, the Hawk star point guard has shown he is as clutch as he is confident. Fans really think I can come in and ruin their day by winning, and I think it's a compliment. You know, Trey's not always the most innocent. He knows how to get the crowd going. It's something that's happened my whole career. I've had to defend myself in a lot of cases, but I'm always up for the challenge. Ice Trader Gang. Ice Trader Gang. Ice Trader Gang. Trey Young just shushes the crowd. He may be undersized. But Trey Young is never understated. You just my height, I ain't even know that he was a crazy hooper like that, but he was. I'm Dotuma Kintoye, and this is ESPN Cover Story. Ice Trader Gang. If Trey Young wasn't born clutch, he was certainly going to be raised that way. Young with another three. Rayford Young. Oh, he's just lighting it up. His father, Rayford Young, was a star guard at Texas Tech when Trey was born in 1998. My first memory of him was running around, getting in the way during shoot-around my senior year. He couldn't wait for everyone to get out so then he could get on the court and he could dribble that little basketball, trying to shoot it on these huge goals that were so much bigger. My confidence has always came from just my work ethic. I always knew I was outworking my opponent. You have to have a skill being the size that I'm at to be effective. The high school rankings would come out and he wasn't necessarily one of the highest ranked guards because he wasn't the tallest, fastest, or strongest. While playing at Norman North High School in Norman, Oklahoma, Trey made up for his small size with more than enough skills. I 
just have fun when I play. I nutmeg or whatever, throw a lob, and I jump with the big. It's it's just all in my game, and I've, I've just always played like that. How did opposing fans treat you, even back in high school? It's not always been the, the nicest fans or whatever out there, but I think it got under my skin and made me play a little better. Sometimes people will misconstrue that confidence as cockiness, and, and I think that's why they love to hate him. That hate pushed Trey like nothing else could. Each defiant performance sealed with his signature, a bow to the crowd. As a senior, Trey averaged 42 points a game and finally got the national attention he felt he deserved. In 2017, he committed to nearby University of Oklahoma and was named National Freshman Player of the Year. Watching him on TV, I thought he was like the next Steph Curry. He had the same swag, the same skill set. When I seen him, I was like, wow. After just one season in Norman, Trey declared for the NBA draft. With the fifth pick in the 2018 NBA draft, the Dallas Mavericks select Trey Young from the University of Oklahoma. Believe it or not, I was trying to get him to Atlanta. Atlanta sports, you know, we like to get behind something young, something fresh. I was calling my guys that I knew, and I was just like, man, we got to have Trey for the city. The Atlanta Hawks and Dallas Mavericks have agreed to a deal. I got a text saying that, you won't believe how much influence you got in here. And the next thing you know, Trey Young was on the Hawks. Being in the city was just kind of a, an easy transition. And he's just been a, a good big bro and um, just welcomed me to Atlanta smoothly. I had went and got this chain made from um, Wifey, my, my jeweler. The chain was all completely iced out. I got this nickname for him. Here you go, welcome to Atlanta, you ice Trey, and take this and run with it. Trey dribbling in the corner, shoots the three. He's got it. Bang! Trey Young, ladies and gentlemen. Trey would make the All-Star team in his second season in Atlanta. But the first real test of his skills and swagger would come in the 2021 playoffs against the New York Knicks and the hostile crowd in Madison Square Garden. Go New York, go New York, go! Is Trey Young valid? No! Trey Young! To Trey Young, stop hunting for fouls. That hawk's not gonna fly in New York City. Come on. I think the Knicks are gonna teach you a lesson. That Atlanta Hawks caught up against the New York Knicks. Can this young group handle the adversity? You really don't understand at first what they're saying, but you really have to focus in and lock in and uh, focus on winning the game at the end of the day. Here is Young on the floater, puts it in. The Atlanta Hawks taking game one. Oh, man, the disrespect was crazy. And the Knicks win this one. He felt like a villain. It was him against the world. I knew the uh, end result for the Knicks was going to be bad because that's just what Trey feeds off of. The best way I can respond is by winning and taking care of my business on the court. Looks maybe down three to one on the series, but this crowd is fired up. I knew Trey wanted to leave a lasting impression in New York. He's gonna bow at some point. I know it. I know it's a bunch of shows around this city. 
and I know what they do when the show is over. Get ready. Ice Trey is coming to town. And he's back at the Garden for the first time since those playoffs tonight. And I'm sure Knicks fans will be ready, and so will Trey, as he's having arguably the best season of his career, putting up career highs in assists, field goal percentage, and three-point percentage, all while still putting up 28 points per game, which is tied for fourth in the league. All right, still ahead, guys, on NBA Today. You see the man waiting to be interviewed, number one overall pick and potential rookie of the year. Cade Cunningham joins us next. Stay tuned. I done gave up so much free time, knowing time ain't free. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Welcome back to NBA Today, presented by Credit Karma. The main thing I'm going to try to do is step in, embody the swag that people from Detroit walk with. With the first pick in the 2021 NBA Draft, the Detroit Pistons select Cade Cunningham. Detroit Pistons, I'm all the way in. Let's do it. Damn. A million dollar worth of game Are you kidding me? Holy mackerel. Of course, I'm watching the Hawks play the field. We're now joined by the number one overall pick from last year. The future of the Pistons is now. Cade Cunningham, thanks for joining us on NBA Today. What's going on? Appreciate you having me. Okay, look, most rookies hit a rookie wall towards the end of the season, but it seems like you're doing the opposite, hitting your stride since you put up a career high 34 in January. What would you say is the biggest difference for you over the last two months? Just getting more and more comfortable, um, learning my teammates, learning my team, my coaches, uh, the system that we're playing in, and then just being consistent with my work and uh, my game, trying to get it better and better. Yeah, and that consistency really has put you in the Rookie of the Year conversation. You, Evan Mobley, Scotty Barnes are up there in the race odds. State your case for why it should be you walking away with that trophy when it's all said and done. Uh, I feel like I have a, a lot of different things to like about my game. Uh, I feel like I can be plugged in anywhere and, and be able to be, you know, a, a good piece to the team. I feel like you know, I, I defend, I play well on offense, I make plays for others, I can score. So I feel like there's a lot of things I can do on the court, and I feel like that's what makes me, you know, a good player and, and somebody who could win with a kid here. Yeah, your versatility. We are certainly seeing your playing personality coming coming out more and more. Now, let me ask you, 30 years ago, we had the bad boys in Detroit. About 15 years ago, Mr. Big Shot, Rip Hamilton, Ben Wallace, Sheed. You know, they weren't too bad either. What's the identity of this Pistons team? Yeah, we're trying to get back to that. Um, you know, we play hard, we play together. Uh, and, you know, we had the bad, boy, bad boys team before us, like you said. And, you know, we tried to follow, follow behind them and, and bring that same grit that they brought to the game. 
Well, you know, I think one way that we can try to find that identity is getting to know a player like you who is leading this team a little better. So in order to do so, let's do a little rapid fire. Are you ready? Let's do it. All right. Let's, do it. let's start off with this. Detroit games, they don't have a kiss cam. They have a swag cam. So what is one item from your closet you're going to be wearing if the swag cam gets on you? I'm going to have my chains on, I think. Detroit like the ice, so I'm gonna have my chains on. Uh, that's a good one. All right, well, you signed your contract with the Pistons almost a year ago. I don't know if this was one of those purchases, but what was your first big purchase? Um, I'll probably say my car. I got I got my car first, and so that kind of that kind of touched my bank account a little bit, but I was all right. What kind of car did you get? I just got a BMW. No, I couldn't. I, I wasn't trying to do it too crazy. I just got BMW. I didn't even mean to be in your pockets. I just kind of wanted to know. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You, you've only been around there a short <laughs> amount of time. Um, you know, maybe like riding that BMW around Detroit and getting to know the city. But your idea, who's the best Detroit athlete of all time? Oh, I'm going to go with Barry Sanders um, and my fellow Oklahoma State alum. So. I'll say Barry Sanders, best Detroit athlete all time. Playing in Detroit. Now, right, from right, Detroit, right. I'll let, I'll let a Detroit native speak on that. But playing in Detroit, I'll say Barry Sanders. No, I think that's a good pick for sure. All right, lastly, do you like the name Motorcade? Yeah, I like it. I like it. I, they've given me a bunch of nicknames now, so I kind of I like a bunch of them, but Motorcade is the real deal. Wait, I like let's run through them. What are the other nicknames that uh, they're giving you right now? I got Motorcade, I got K Icewood, I got um what's the what's the other one? Uh see if I have my man see? Josh Jackson right now, he know he know what Detroit's saying. They got <laughs> it's a bunch of them though. So it's Motorcade it's right now. See, cause you're like we can't Motorcade be a nickname unless group. you know it. <laughs> but Motorcade right, I think right, is a good exactly. start. It's a good start for sure. And, and and your career is off to a great start. We can't wait to see how much you flourish going forward. Thank you so much for joining us on MBA today and good luck the rest of the season. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. All right, let's take a look at the odds to win Rookie of the Year. Cade has the second shortest odds to win the award, according to Caesars Sportsbook. However, Evan Mobley is the overwhelming favorite, and Scotty Barnes rounds out the top three. So back with Matt, JJ, and Ramona, and I want to play some rookie superlatives. And Matt, I want to start with you. Which rookie in this class will be the first to win MVP? That's tough. I mean, I think there's those three guys right there, plus there's a few others. If I had to say one guy, I'd say K, but I don't know if that's going to happen because you have to have a good team. So they're going to have to move up a little bit for that to happen. But I definitely like his talent. I didn't know how good he was until he actually started doing what he's doing. And he really has his imprint all over this game. Well, they're going to add another lottery pick, so we'll see. Maybe they'll get better. JJ, on the flip side, who are we sleeping on the most? I know he's not being completely slept on because he is in the top three by the odds makers for Rookie of the Year, but Scotty Barnes, yeah. to me, should be talked about more. He's the prototypical modern NBA wing. He's giving you 15 and 8. He's shown chops as a playmaker. He's a disruptive defender. He needs to continue to develop his three-point shot. But the thing that's really impressive about his rookie campaign, he's doing this on a really, really good basketball team. 
he could end up developing into a perfect second or third piece on a championship level team. And he is not scared one bit. Ramona, um, look, you're the television veteran of this group. So let me ask you this. Who will most likely be sitting next to us one day? Or the in the panel? boxes next to Yes, or in the boxes. Um, you know who I like? I like Franz Wagner uh, mm. from Orlando. I, I did the draft uh, for ESPN Radio, and I got a chance to talk to all the rookies. And in terms of the interviews we do, like, first of all, he's having a, a really underrated rookie season here. I mean, 15 points a game and would be talked about in other years as a rookie of the year candidate, but the, the top three are so far ahead of everybody. But uh, Franz, Franz just has a good way about him. He breaks down the game well. You know, in the media, we know what we're looking for, people who tell stories, who could expound on things. I always knew JJ would be on uh, sitting up there. Well, the question was whether he'd coach first. You're right. Well, Franz, look, he deserves to be in the rookie year conversation as well. And anyone who said that this was a weak draft, these guys look like they're going to have a career, all of these rookies. Yep. And it's going to be interesting to see how, you know, especially the guys right now in the running for rookie of the year, how their careers flourish. Still to come today on NBA Today, it, we're live from Memphis, going all access with the Grizzlies tomorrow. Wait till you hear what KD said about the young phenom John Moran. That's next on NBA today. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Welcome back to NBA Today presented by Credit Karma. Kevin Durant did Kevin Durant things in last night's win versus the Jazz. KD dropped 37 points, his second straight 35-point game, and Durant moved past Jerry West for 22nd on the all-time scoring list. Here's what he had to say about passing the logo. Yeah, I told somebody, you know, winning a championship with Jerry and having conversations with him and just knowing the history of who he is and how he, you know, helped kickstart the NBA, basically, you know, it's uh, it's an honor, you know, he's just a legend in the game, legend in our sport, almost like the godfather of our sport, you know, so good to see him still back around the game, but it's even better to pass him, you know, because next time I see him, I'm going to give him a little about it. Look, anytime you pass Jerry West in anything, you're doing something right. And KD has been doing a lot right lately. Uh, Matt, does this version of Kevin Durant get Brooklyn to the finals? It can. Uh, there's going to be need, need to be some other parts uh, added. Hopefully Ben's back and, and Kyrie's availability will change. But Kevin Durant is the most consistent player we have in this game, arguably the best player currently in this game and I just think he's you know he's starting to tune up you know JJ knows this it the, the, the weather gets a little nicer it's getting warm outside this is playoff time and that's what you're getting right now you're getting you know KD is turning it up he's talking trash to people he's talking trash to fans getting fined but all the while he's still playing great basketball so I'm excited for him because he he never disappoints when it comes to the season or the playoffs I don't I don't actually know what other version of Kevin <laughs> right. Durant there <laughs> is like this to me is Kevin Durant. He is a dominant player has been a dominant player. He continues to evolve as a playmaker. You can't guard him with one guy. Last night they tried to guard him at times with two guys. They couldn't even do that. 
Uh, he's obviously got to carry them to the finals, but I don't see this team making it to the finals without a healthy Ben Simmons and a fully available Kyrie Irving. Those are the biggest question marks. I have no question Maybe mark be there. about Kevin Durant. Yeah, and I have a couple uh, answers that, you know, basically prompt, no, more questions. So Steve Nash says that Ben Simmons uh, has a herniated disc in his back. 11 games left in the regular season. He says he guesses that there was a flare-up in his back, but they don't have any timetable for his return still. Still no idea when he will return. And Mayor Adams said that the New York sports teams are just going to have to wait as far as a potential vaccination mandate rollback. So... We don't know when or if that's going to happen in time for the playoffs. So I think I said I had answers, but really yeah. more questions for the Nets. This is it's been wild. I mean, since KD has come to the Nets, I mean, we all were hoping for man. We're going to get to see these two together. Oh, then they add James. We're going to get to see this together. Now they trade James. Are we going to see Kyrie? Are we going to see it? Just never really came together, materialized like we thought we were going to get a few years ago. Well, next up for the Nets is uh, tomorrow night in Memphis as part of our ESPN All Access game when they take on the Grizzlies and John Morant. Here's what KD had to say about G12 last night. He's a combination of players, um, I feel. Um, I, I think the greatest players in our game can transform into anybody at any given point. And I think Jaws on the way to that. I mean, I see, like, when he's playing, I see, like, two or three, four different Hall of Famers in this game, you know, from Iverson to he might make a Jordan-like layup or he might run down the court like a Westbrook or D-Rose. And, you know, his float game is up there with some of the best that's ever played. You know, so he's just a... I, you know, I don't want to gas him up too much since we plan against him, but I think the sky's the limit for him. Wow, high praise from the former MVP. And you know who else has been high on Jaw this season? Big Perk. And let's take a trip to the dark side. You know who G12 is? That's Ja Morant. Let me take y'all on a trip to the dark side. <laughs> That's right. For those that don't know, the dark side in Memphis is the new culture. With the young fella, John Morant, in the way. Yes, sir. Let's go, let's go, let's go. It used to be grit and grind. Now it's G12. And I've seen this coming for a minute now. With the second pick in the 2019 NBA draft, John Morant. Now, I'm going to tell y'all something. This guy's a lot different than Zion. He loves the limelight. And all he's done since then is shine, exceeding expectation after expectation. Grizz Nation, our fans, rookie of the year. Couldn't do it without y'all. And he used that momentum last year in year two, leading the Grizzlies past Steph and the Warriors in the play-in tournament. 15 points in the fourth quarter and overtime. 35 for the game. Which leads us to this season. G12 has taken the lead, literally. Oh, oh good oh. all right there. This young man has me thinking big things, real big things. I see something in him that reminds me of someone else. John Morant, when you talk about his ceiling, it's Jordan S. <laughs> Chill, Mike. And it's like Ja had my back, because then the young fella went out and did this. Oh, Ja Morant, what a play! So who's laughing now? I haven't been wrong yet when it comes to Ja. 
Only question that remains, who else is joining me on the dark side? There's nothing else to Big Perk will be part of our all-access live from Memphis tomorrow, where we go behind the scenes with the Grizzlies. Still to come on NBA Today, look, he's had a lot of them. LeBron's best posters of all time. We've got them all next in 60 Seconds. NBA Today is presented by Credit Karma. Get the money app where your hard work pays off and create your own karma. That is not even in my all-time dunk, so I'm t that's, I'll take it out. I didn't mean it. Caleb, I love you. Back here on NBA Today. Quickly, did either of you guys ever get dunked on by LeBron? No. Thanks. Not that I remember. Okay, well, I, and I, and I probably would have remembered it had I been talking about <laughs> Right. <laughs> well, we're about to find out because let's look at the best posters through the years for LeBron James. Not on this. Um, first up, all the way back to November of 2006 when LeBron dunks all over Tim yeah, Duncan. That impressive. That was early. That was when he took the whole city of Cleveland on his back and tried to make it run through the finals. The big very, fundamental. Didn't know very it was re reminiscent of uh, Julius Irving's dunk on Bill Walton. That's Ooh. what that dunk always remind me of. Hmm. Well, what about January of 2012? LeBron jumping over John Lucas III. Yes, dunking over. Dunking over one of his coaches. <laughs> his that coach's sons. Yes. Oh, wait, no, John Lucas isn't coach. actually yeah, that hard right. to jump over. He's, on the He's not that hard to jump over, though. Right. Well, true. But that was pretty impressive when I, when I saw I've that. I've seen JJ do that over one of his sons on the Nerf <laughs> Last, who can forget, March uh, 2013, when LeBron, ultimate disrespect this might be on Jason right Terry. Oh, man. Sit down. Then he looked at the him stare too, down. and then walked away, and it's the Celtics. Yeah. That was tough. Killed they, him. Killed yeah. him. The dunk that's missing, though, is is the Nurkic dunk. Oh, and that might have been that was against ferocious. Portland. That might have been my favorite dunk, along with this Jason Terry dunk. Yeah. That would have been it. You know, I was thinking about my my word that I, I missed the first segment here. My word in watching the game last night was demoralizing. Mm. Uh, you know, he demoralized Kevin Love. He demoralized uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers. And and personally, it's demoralizing to watch someone the same age as me 
continue to that. play at this level. I played tennis last week for an hour, and I limped around for three days. And LeBron's got his head at the rim. I feel you. What was your word again? Brongevity. I mean, I don't know how you top that, though. NBA Today is presented by Credit Karma. Get the money app where your hard work pays off and create your own karma. I that's not even in my all-time dunk, so I'm t that's, I'll take it out. I didn't mean it. K-Love, okay, I love you. Back here on NBA Today. Quickly, did either of you guys ever get dunked on by LeBron? No. Thank you. Not that I remember. Okay, not well, we, I, and I, and I probably would have remembered it had I been dunked <laughs> right. on. Right. Well, we're about to find out, because let's look at the best posters through the years for LeBron James. Not on this. Um, first up, all the way back to November of 2006 when LeBron dunks all over yeah, Tim Duncan. That impressive. That was early. That was when he took the whole city of Cleveland on his back and tried to make it run through the final. Big very, fundamental. Didn't know very it was Very rem reminiscent of uh, Julius Irving's dunk on Bill Walton. That's Ooh. what that dunk always reminded me of. Hmm. Well, what about January of 2012? LeBron jumping over John Lucas III. Yes. Dunking over. Dunking over one of his coaches. Yeah, no, his coach's sons. Yes. Oh, wait, no, and his coach. Yeah, that hard you're right. To jump over. He's, on the He's not that hard to jump over, though. Right. Well, true. But that was pretty impressive when I when I saw I've that. I've seen JJ do that over one of his sons on the Nerf. <laughs> <laughs> Last, who can forget, March uh, 2013. When LeBron, ultimate disrespect. This might be I'm it Jason right Terry. here. Ah. Uh. Man. Sit down. Then he looked at him the too, and walked away. And it's the Celtics. Yeah. That was tough. Killed him. Killed yeah. him. The dunk that's missing though is is the Nurkic dunk. Oh, and that might have been that was against ferocious. Portland. That might have been my favorite dunk, along with this Jason Terry dunk. Yeah. That would have been it. You know, I was thinking about my my word that I, I missed the first segment here. My word in watching the game last night was demoralizing. Mm. Uh, you know, he demoralized Kevin Love. He demoralized. Uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers, and and personally, it's demoralizing to watch someone the same age as me continue to that. play at this level. I played tennis last week for an hour, and I limped <laughs> around for three days. And LeBron's got his head at the rim. <laughs> I feel you. What was your word again? Brongevity. I mean, I don't know how you top that, though.